0: Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockerell. My name is Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. And
1: my name's Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan.
0: And uh, there's lots to talk about today after the weekend's results Spurs losing 2 1 at Southampton,
1: Arsenal,
0: Arsenal beating Man United 2 0. Uh, Jason, I'll, I'll let you start because I suspect you've probably got a lot to say about uh, the weekend's events.
1: Lots and lots. Let me just say that, funnily enough, might be a coincidence, might not be. Probably one of the best weekends I've had in a long, long time. I think the um, the Arsenal seems to have a ripple effect on the rest of the uh, on the rest of the world. So um, I'm very happy on that front. Um, all I can say is I'm going to flip it on its head. Mind the gap. You know, the gap is meant for avoiding to prep. And uh, Spurs have almost tripped up and uh, one point is nothing at this stage. You know, I genuinely believe that coming in a two or three weeks, we will be ahead of Spurs and we'll be absolutely in the running, almost a show in the top four. And I can't believe I ever said this, um, but Unai and his team have turned it around. Um, hopefully not famous last words, but it's just been It it was just remarkable. I think the performance against Spurs, you know, to even just almost win was impressive. And to go and beat United um, and show a bit of their style, a bit of their bottom as well, Um, I'm really impressed with how we've been against the big teams this season. I really don't feel like we've been humiliated. Um, It's those small games that are still the worry, um, but something that, you know, Arsenal at the end of the day, struggled on both fronts. But something's happening again and it's happening at the right moment. And um, I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm a very proud Arsenal fan. Um, I still have my hang-ups on a few things, my usual grievances. But I think um, if we're talking about the weekend, it was job done. Everyone around us dropped dropped all the points. Um, didn't look convincing. Chelsea shouldn't have even got a point. Um, Tottenham, I don't even know what to say anymore. They They just seem to be to be shambles, and their manager is shambles, and their manager has no faith in the players. Um, they still don't have a stadium. They're going to do a half-assed um, opening next month and probably lose both games, um, and then they'll blame that on the stadium. Um, their saviour, Lord Harry Kane, still, still scoring offside goals, but you know that will dry up soon as well. And um, it turns out the saviour, Ali, can't do it all at once. So um, very happy, very happy times. I'd love to um, pass that back on to you because I know that uh, I'm sure you and Spurs fans actually will claim that you got three points, not zero points. Because <laughs> Hampton's goal counts for you because it's like Kane with his hand. He, hand of God, he grabs He grabs the three points as well.
0: Um, yeah, so uh, I've got a lot to say about both Tottenham and Arsenal. Um, first of all, I think it's quite quite funny the extent to which Arsenal are celebrating still being behind us in the league, despite the fact that we've only picked up one point from our last 12 and Arsenal went on that. Do you remember that famous unbeaten run you went on at the start of the season? I, I remember it. Despite all of that, you're still behind us in the league. OK, yeah, the momentum's definitely shifted and only one point behind. And I agree that you probably will leapfrog us in the table, in a few weeks' time. Liverpool away is our next game. We'll probably lose that, and you'll probably go above us. Um, so I'm preparing myself for that, but I don't think it's over yet. I think, as demonstrated this weekend, all the teams are going to drop points between now and the end of the season. Uh, Chelsea and United, definitely, they've both got to play each other. Chelsea have got to go away to, to Liverpool. United have got to play City. So I still think we're in with a chance of top four, but I am... I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried, particularly given that we've got to go away to Liverpool, we've got to go away to City. And even if we win all our other games, but lose those two, we'll finish on 79 points, which any other season would be more than enough for top four. But this year, I feel like it's going to go right down to the last day, probably the most competitive top four race ever. And you'll probably need 80 plus points just to finish in the top four, where previously that would be enough to almost win the league. Um, and certainly... You know, the way we've played these last few Premier League games, it's a worry. And it's particularly frustrating given how well we've played in the Champions League. And that's the thing. The week was going so well for us. We went away to Dortmund, kept a clean sheet, 4-0 on aggregate. You know, the last time Arsenal, I think, played the Bundesliga leaders in the Champions League knockout game, they lost 10-2 on aggregate. So it's come away 4-0 winners over Dortmund, produced the best defensive display I've ever seen from Spurs, a really mature European away leg performance then the good news about the new stadium—you mentioned that—we will be moving into our new stadium next month. Hopefully, that gives us a boost rather than, um, you know, create more problems as you said. I don't think
1: don't think it's even a new stadium at this rate; it's old years.
0: <laughs> but, but that was positive news again. And also, Arsenal—I forgot to mention—losing three-one in Ren in, at Wren in the Europa League
1: showed I guess, again. I now. don't know who Ren are.
0: In, in European competitions, Spurs have always been better than Arsenal. You know, more European trophies. More what are
1: you talking about? You've had about two years in the Champions League in the past three decades.
0: Well, never got a
1: final before. I mean, it's unbelievable. Historically, more the arrogance, the arrogance. And even. for me, you know, you know, our, our joy as Arsenal fans is all about the fact that we're we're um, punching above the expectations um, and to them our maximum potential. Clearly, that's not happened at Spurs. Um, oh, that's I, why I disagree. That's why I'm happy. But, that, but that's, that, that's kind of, um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's adapting the narrative to suit the circumstance. You know, Spurs are all we're ready for the title race. We're looking like the best ones. We've got the best players in the world. They lose a couple of games. Pochettino's like, oh, we're nowhere near. This is why. This is why um, I'm going to leave uh, to go to Manchester United in the summer. Although, well, not,
0: he's not going to go to United because Oli Oli Gonzalez is going to get the job. Well, At, um, not, not going to Real Madrid either because Zidane is back.
1: I know. That's what was interesting to see today. And I thought, oh, God, here we go. But actually, now I'm kind of delighted because if Spurs can keep a trophyless manager who down-talks his team, oh, it's joy for everyone else in the league. Well,
0: here's where I just, because Pochettino, I actually think, has been very consistent with what he said throughout the whole season in that he said the perception with Tottenham is different to the reality. And I think some people didn't like the comments he made about maybe it's good we've been dragged into the top four race because it will show that. But I think Pochettino and actually people around Tottenham have been very consistent this season. And I mean, I said on this podcast um, a while back that if Pochettino finishes top four, I think he's manager of the year because with no home stadium, no signings, all those injuries... To, to be where we are, I mean, if you'd said at the start of the season that with eight games to go, Tottenham would be third, above Arsenal, above Chelsea, above United, and in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, people would have said, wow, what an incredible season. Um, you know, I,
1: I, I think that's upper mediocrity, if that makes sense. And, what, and, even though that's, that's... Are you saying
0: Arsenal wouldn't rather be third and in the quarterfinals of the Champions League and fourth in listen, well, it, it, it,
1: it, it's, it's very nice on paper at this stage, but then the season... When we have fourth place in the Europa League trophy in our hands, that's what I'll be more delighted for. You know, I think Spurs seem to have this 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 vision that they are amongst the elite. But unfortunately, they will always be weaker than the Juventuses, the Bayerns and the Madrids because they don't have seem to have that heritage. And, um, you know, that that's the truth of it.
0: Well, I think, as, I, as I've explained, it's a, that's a bit rich, I think, coming from Arsenal, considering their performances in European football in recent years. But actually, I want to ask you about you said finishing in the top four, and winning the Europa League. You said previously, Europa League or bust. I'm guessing now you think you can finish top four based on what you've said. Would you be happy for Arsenal to ditch the Europa League, especially given your catastrophic first-star performance against Rennes, to focus purely on the top four? Because you have the easiest fixture running on paper of any of the teams in this race, you know, you don't have to play any of the top six anymore. Do you think you should just focus all out now on the top four and seal the deal in the league? Because it's in your hands now. And I think if you don't finish top four now, with the fixtures you've got, you've bottled it. So do you think actually ditch the Europa League, let Chelsea, United and Spurs still have European matches, let that them have the distraction in midweek games and you just focus on the league? Would you be happy for Arsenal to do that?
1: I think we have enough of a squad to go through with our second team against Rennes. And I think that you know it, it could be, it could be, it could go any way. All these remaining eight fixtures, whilst they look easy on paper, it wouldn't surprise me if we went away to Everton or Leicester and lost. That's just the nature of the, the Premier League now. But also, I do believe that you have our closest competitors playing against very big teams. You know, the Liverpool Spurs game is one um, is one notable game for me. Um, and you know that any, any of the small smaller teams could beat them and or uh, get a result, as shown with Wolves going to Stamford Bridge I mean, I never remember a time where Chelsea were, were were dominated by a smaller team away from home it just doesn't happen um, I, I think that we need to give both a go we'll have to see, it might, again it might just be bad luck on either side, you know, I, I understand the Europa League is a little bit more of a juggle Um and a bit of a shot in the dark because you just don't know whether you're going to, on a, on a, on a one-off match day, what's going to happen. But I've just got this little feeding in the league. Um, the smaller teams still have a little part to play, um, not only in the top four race, but the title race as well. Um, which is another interesting matter because I think I've always been, you know, I've been happy seeing City progress all these years. And I've also, been unhappy to see Liverpool kind of um, always be um, nearly theirs, but as long as Spurs nowhere near that title trophy, I'm uh, I'm a happy boy this season.
0: Well, speaking of those smaller clubs, what I find interesting is on the last day, Arsenal have got to go away to Burnley. Now, if Burnley need a result to stay up, that could be hugely decisive at both ends of the table as well. So. And I think you're right that there are some potential banana skins there for Arsenal. I think you've got to play Wolves as well. Everton, Newcastle, Leicester away, you know, rejuvenated under Brendan Rodgers. So certainly I can see Arsenal dropping points. And if you look back at the season, you know, when you beat us 4-2 in the league and celebrated like you won the World Cup, your form fell off a cliff after that. When you beat Chelsea 2-0 at home, your form fell off a cliff after that. And now you've beaten United 2-0 at home. You know, the home form has never been an issue for Arsenal. It's how you follow that up in your away form. And so I'm hoping that you get ahead of yourselves again and perhaps crash back down to earth and slip up against one of the smaller clubs. That's what I'm holding out for. And we'll be interested to see if Arsenal now can can grab this opportunity that they've got for the top four race.
1: Yeah, you make a very good point. But I just want to see what your thoughts are on Spurs' performance on uh, the weekend. Because, you know, it was supposed to be, we spoke about it. We thought, ooh, it could be a tough game. But really we all thought, Spurs, three points, easy peasy, you got the full team back. What happened? What what is the reasoning behind um Spurs' appalling performance? So I think so obviously it started off so well, Deli Ali
0: came back, he set up, came for the goal, we were all over them, should have put the game to bed in the first half. And in the second half it, it all went wrong. And I think there's a pattern that's developed over the course of the season, which is why Pochettino said the things he did afterwards about the players being arrogant. And to be honest, I think That is what happened to complacency crept in, because if you look back over the course of the season, every time we've had a very big, potentially defining result, we followed it up by throwing away a lead against a team lower down the table. So at the very start of the season, we won 3-0 away at Old Trafford. Then the next game, we go 1-0 up against Watford, then throw it away in the second half, lose 2-1. Over Christmas, we beat Everton 6-2, Bournemouth 5-0. Then we go 1-0 up against Wolves at home, well, Wembley, and then we lose 2-1. And now this, we have that amazing performance against Dortmund. We go 1-0 up against Southampton, and then we let the game slip away and we lose 2-1. And it's almost like the the complacency kicks in. The players think, oh, you know, 1-0 was fine against Dortmund. We've won this. It's over. And then the moment the other team steps up a gear, we can't then come back because mentally we've let the game slip by. And I think, you know, that's happened now three times this year where we've let one goal lead slip in games really we should have killed off. And it's always come after we've had kind of a big performance and result. And I think maybe there is this tendency still in the squad to take their foot off the gas and think that they've gone further than they have. And I think that's also kind of what Pochettino was saying about maybe it's good that we've fallen back into this top four race and that perception reality thing. And what it, this run has reminded me of is when the Leicester year, when we lost the title to Leicester and in the, it's almost like the players thought, oh, OK, well, that's it. Then season's over. They didn't consider the fact that Arsenal could leapfrog us for second place. And it, it fell away from us. And that's kind of what it's felt like, this almost free fall in the league. Because we had such a huge lead over Arsenal and the other teams in the top four race, it kind of felt like once the title had gone, when we lost to Burnley, the players' heads dropped. And now all of a sudden, they found themselves in this top four race. So hopefully now there's enough time left that they can get their form back and mount a challenge and hold on to this third place position that we've got.
1: But uh, do you uh, not think that is really down to the manager again and again and again, but not for clearly... Not motivating his players to the right level. Surely, surely. I mean, you know, you can see it with Arsenal. They got rid of um, Wenger, who's losing mentality, had become toxic, toxic on the club, and they've got someone positive, and now things are starting to turn around. But, I mean, surely at this stage, as, as a, if you look at it as any other club except Spurs, you'll think, you know, well, Mauricio, thank you very much. It's been lovely. You've been great, you know, fighting Mike Dean and everything. You've been a real spectacle this season. But I think it's um, it's time for you to go back to Southampton in the championship and and start again.
0: Well, no, because I mean, first of all, I'm shocked to hear you speaking so positively about Unai Emery when all the Arsenal fans have been slating him all season, which shows the fickleness of that club. Um, And speaking about winning mentality when Arsenal still have shown a frail mentality this year as well. United have shown frail mentality this year as well. I mean, the way they played under Mourinho compared to Solskjaer. Say what you want about Mourinho annoying them all, but they're still down tools. You look at the Chelsea players and their lack of motivation in certain games. And as I say again, Pochettino is massively overachieving compared to the resources at his disposal um, to even get Spurs anywhere near a title challenge. And I think sometimes, you know, the manager obviously has to be held responsible. Pochettino is the first to hold his hands up, but also the players can't absolve themselves of responsibility as well. They're the ones on the pitch. They're the ones who've got to do the business. They're the ones who've got to be prepared to run the extra mile or put their bodies on the line the way that they do in the Champions League games against Dortmund. And if they, they're not prepared to do that against the likes of Southampton or Burnley, then they're not going to get the chance to do it against the likes of Dortmund next year. Um, so I, I don't blame, I mean, Pochettino obviously isn't, completely free of blame. There were questions about whether he should have arrested certain players. But I think ultimately, you know, it's a collective, it's a team game. And I think this problem is one that's been around for a while at Spurs. And as Pochettino said a week, a week ago, it, it will take a while to change as well.
1: I have one question for you. Yeah? Are you ready to play a game? Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go on. It's an unusual game. And it's somewhat relevant to what we've been talking about. And okay. it's going to take not only your creativity, but also your improv skills. Ooh. Not only your improv skills, but your passion, determination, motivation, all attributes that Arsene Wenger valued so much in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> so, I want you to speak to me as I was the entire Spurs squad. And I want you to give me a team talk for the end of the season to motivate you for your goal this season. What is your goal for the rest of the season? How could you motivate your players? And I will give you, on a timer, I'll give you one minute to do it. Just remember, think about the glistening sixth place goal for Spurs. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one.
0: All right, lads. Now, I don't know if you listen to this podcast called Cannon and Cockrell, but there's this Arsenal fan on there called Jason, and he he is the mouthpiece of all of Arsenal Football Club, and they're already laughing at you. They're calling you bottlers. They think you're choking. They think you're going to throw this top four away. Do not let them win. Do not let them have the last laugh. They think it's all sorted. They think they're coming for us. They're celebrating already like they won the World Cup. We're Tottenham Hotspur. We've been in the Champions League the past three years. We've just humbled the leaders of the Bundesliga. We're capable of doing better than this in the league. Don't let what happened a few years ago happen again, where we slip up at the last minute and let Arsenal finish above us. We need Champions League in that stadium next year. You lot of Champions League calibre players, go out there and prove it. I think I probably come in quicker than the minute, but that's basically what I have to say. Don't let them laugh at you. Don't. You know, reinforce all the negative stereotypes, show what you're worth, prove that you're the players that you think you are.
1: Stop. Very good. I think think your players will be motivated to a nice 3-0 loss after that. (laughs) Well done. Well done. That's hard. That's tough times. I mean, you know, I don't think uh, Mauricio could have done it better himself because clearly he hasn't got the capabilities of doing that.
0: Oh, all this all this Pochettino bashing today. I'm sure you'd be celebrating like mad if he were to, to leave to Madrid or or United.
1: Oh, sure, I'd be buzzing.
0: <laughs> do you want to do the same for Arsenal, or do you think do you think they need a team talk, or do you think they're they're all right the way they are?
1: No, I think uh, when Unai leaves in the summer, they'll need uh, someone to come sweep in. So I might as well practice my speaking skills. Yeah, should we give
0: put a minute on the clock?
1: Yeah, go on then. All right, three, two. One go. Lads. Victoria Concordia Crescent. I believe it means harmony by the fans. Could mean something else. Don't usually care. Don't read much Latin. Anyhow, it's been a year since Arson sadly departed. From the club, not the world, you know, nearly Tommy People technical director. But we seem to have had the clouds part the sky, and we've seen the sun shine slowly with the smiley, greasy face of Unite Emery sparkling. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. No, not you, Kolasinac. You, 22. Players on the pitch. Missed penalties, awkward losses, Harry Kane, lots of things have gotten in the way this season. However, we are turning it around day by day, week by week, month by month, game by game, hopefully season by season. It's time for us to take it up a notch, to defeat the mighty Spurs of their own game and get back into our rightful position in the top four of English football, in the Champions League elite. I believe in you. I know Unai believes in you and the spirit of Arsene Wenger believes in you. Let's do this. Prove them wrong and make sure I still have a job in this podcast for next season because I still need something to complain about. So make sure I won't be you slip up a couple more times. Thank you. Good night. Peace. Out. I like that one. (laughs) Was that a
0: minute? I let let you run over a minute because I was enjoying the philosophical... uh...
1: Oh, thank
0: you. The approach that you took to it.
1: I try my best. I think, uh, listen, contrasting team talk. Some players, you know, some of the the old school players probably wouldn't have appreciated that. But, uh, you know, different styles, different teams. Um, Got to adapt to the modern player. Exactly, exactly. And um, speaking of modern players and um, modern incidents, very fresh news regarding Jack Grealish and a fan coming up to Chris, Chris Smalling on the pitch. What are your thoughts on kind of these incidents? Obviously we know it's a terrible thing, but I'd never seen something like that before in my life where someone's actually round to the pitch and, and physically tried to harm a player. Um what could be the solution? Because, you know, I was speaking about it yesterday to someone and thinking, well, you can't go down the fence route because you have the hill for incident. You can't go down this route where it's a free for all. What what is the middle ground? I mean, I know that you've had more experience of European football than me. Is there a solution there that seems to work?
0: Well, what I think it's a case of, and because w- where my season ticket has been at Wembley this past season and a half, has been literally the very front row. And they always put a huge army of stewards in front of us. But when you look at the stewards, I, you know, they're not particularly... Well paid, I don't think. And when you look at them, you think if you got a a run at them, you could probably, I I think what the case is, is there needs to be a middle ground. Like you said, you can't go too draconian with it. Um, But obviously, you can't let these incidents continue. I mean, it probably is worth highlighting that these incidents are still, you know, two fans out of however many millions attend football all year. Um, But I think it's simply a case of perhaps making stewarding better, making the stewards um, training them up to a higher standard giving them more perhaps respect and responsibility you know making the people who are stewards people who have more experience and training and crowd control than perhaps they do at the moment because I mean we've seen at matches when certain things kick off the stewards really some of them know what they're doing can handle the situation but you know a lot of them don't they're just sort of glorified you know they're there just to kind of stand there and watch and you, you wonder about how they'd be able to handle you know a difficult situations so I think it's a case of reinforcing the existing structures that they've got rather than necessarily going over the top with, uh, you know, too stringent measures, as you say, like bringing back fencing or any of that.
1: Yeah. It's a real, it's a real, um, it's a real tough one, isn't it? And something that I'm afraid, you know, at the end of the day, people have to control themselves. And it's really, um, it's really sad that we still Mm. have that in the game, but, uh, (laughs) you know, that's, that's what we have to deal with. I watched watched that
0: that Birmingham Villa game and, um, Jack Grealish really impressed me in his reaction to that incident and then in his ability to then go on and play his game and go and score the winner.
1: Um, I mean, that's unbelievable mental strength to do that. I mean, I, I know I would just run off the pitch. I wouldn't want to play again after that.
0: Yeah, because that sort of thing has got to affect you and for him to kind of shrug it off and then and go and do his talking on the pitch. And to be honest, I uh, really regret Spurs not having signed him in the summer.
1: Yeah, but do you think you'll go back in for him? In the uh, in the summer, do you reckon that's a player you'd be interested in? or Is there anyone on the radar at the moment, or do you think the funds will be so limited at that stage?
0: I mean, I hope we go back in for Grealish. Um, obviously, we'll have to pay a lot more for him now than we, we would have done last year. Um, I think there'll definitely be funds. I think there's gonna, it's going to be a very busy summer at Tottenham. I think we're going to be selling quite a few players, and I think that will free up money, if there isn't money already, for signings. I think there's definite surgery that needs to be done on the squad. Um, and obviously what happens in terms of the top four in Champions League might be a factor in all of that in terms of
1: which players we, we do or don't sign. So, obviously- Speaking of uh, Champions League, I guess your performance of that does depend partly on the draw. So what I've done is, something a little bit cheeky, I've written the numbers 1 to 8, and I've put down the, an, by each number, the teams that have gone through in the Champions League and the teams still yet to play. And I want you to guess the draw for me, and we will see Potentially, where the mystic Jace has predicted the Spurs' route to a knockout in the quarterfinals.
0: <laughs> what? So is this predict? I I have to predict what the final draw will be.
1: I want you first to, to pick the numbers one to eight, and they oh right so okay. okay. So, so there have to be four fixtures. And next we're going to do the route to the final. I'm going to do it game by game, and we're going to see where it ends up.
0: Okay, so I, I have to
1: a very a very um a very valid way of doing this. Clearly, you know, I'm a bit like the octopus. What was it, what was it are, called? The yeah. octopus. <laughs> I'm Jace that's, that's what we do. <laughs> so so you have fair number. Yeah, I mean, just just on a side note, I remember we did this once upon a time, albeit with the real teams. Do you remember we did it for the World Cup and we had I do, England I did, Ivory yeah. Coast. Yeah. England Ivory Coast final. England Ivory Coast final. What a, what a year that would be. That would have been a great World Cup. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know
0: what my preferred draw is. I want I Spurs want to get Ajax. That is my dream draw. Okay. Uh, but, okay, so any number between one and eight? One and eight. Uh, four.
1: Okay, four versus? Six. All right, next game. Uh, seven yep. versus three. Seven versus three. Yep, next. Uh, one. Yep. And two. Right, so that by default would leave eight and oh, eight and five. Would you like eight or five playing at home first? Five. Five versus eight. Right. Okay. Now, who will win versus in four versus six? Six. All right. Six will be playing seven versus three. Who would you like them to play? Three. <laughs> okay. One versus two.
0: Two.
1: Versus five or eight? Five. Right. Okay, six versus three. Who goes to the final? Six. And who plays six in the final, two or five? Five. Right, six versus five in the final. Who wins? Five. Right. <laughs> I'm <gonna put laughs> no, idea what I'm going to put some money on this first off. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I will read you the quarterfinals. So... We have four quarterfinals. We have Ajax versus Man City or Schalke. Oh. We have Bayern or Leon versus Spurs. Okay. Sorry, Barcelona or Leon versus Spurs. Right. right. Porto versus Manchester United. And we have Madrid or Juventus against Bayern or Liverpool. Ooh, that would be big. So, what happens? The semi-final I can announce would be. Man City or Schalke against Spurs. Oh. And the other one, Manchester United versus Madrid or Juventus. This is huge. <laughs> now, what or who are in the final? Man City or Schalke against A- Atletico Madrid or Juventus. I'm sorry, you're going out in the semi-final.
0: Well, I mean, to be honest, I'd go getting in the semi-final would be huge for us. So,
1: but I can confirm that the winners would be Atletico Madrid or Juventus. So
0: I can if see you that. Want,
1: to be honest. You want your tip? There is your route to the the final. I might just uh, might take a picture for that. Maybe that can be the um, maybe that can be the front cover image of our podcast this session but um yeah. on that point of the
0: champions league david seaman caught some flack from arsenal fans when he said that if spurs got to the champions league final he would be supporting them i just wonder jason oh, I,
1: I was driving to work and i almost spun off the road when i heard that oh, that's <laughs> absolutely appalled it's a bit like ashley cole when he heard he's only earning 60 grand <laughs> i was appalled i was absolutely appalled at that
0: so, is? so you wouldn't then support Spurs if we got to the Champions League
1: final? Never. <laughs> I would never support Spurs over anyone at all, unless it would directly help Arsenal in a way that was bigger than their victory, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If it would, if mean, it, it if it would make a... Arsenal win the league or something.
1: Yeah. There's there's, there's not a chance I would ever even consider it, you know, and and he's gone down on my estimation after that, you know, but I think... um, Arsenal legend status revoked. Yeah, revoked, revoked. And you know what? It's up for grabs, and I'm going to give it to a new boy. And do you know who I'm going to give it to right now? Sead (laughs) Kalasan. He has been a revelation this season. We always knew he had it in him. He's a tank, he's quick, he's attacking, he's defensive, he's aggressive. He voms on the pitch halfway through the game. He's a warrior, that Kalasanach. And I think Spurs would be lucky to have a left back as good as him.
0: Fine talk. Well, who would, I mean, listeners, let us know who'd you rather have, Danny Rose or, or Kalasanach?
1: I think it's I think it's a no brainer. And Davies. <laughs> I mean, he's really, really impressed me the rest of the season. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was in the top three for our player of the season. I think it. I think at this stage, a lot of people are going to go with Aaron Ramsey out of sentiment. I'm still very yeah. bitter.
0: That's the other question. Because you, you were complaining about how central Aaron Ramsey still wants the team. Against United, again, he was heavily involved. I mean, what are you going to do next season when he's gone and you probably don't sign a player to replace him?
1: Well, I've been very critical of Luis, uh, not Luis Suarez. I wish it was Luis Suarez. <laughs> um, Denis Suarez. He was brilliant when he came on, actually. He looked. He was getting into the pockets of space. He was quick. Um, listen the, the the shirt or the, the name on the front of the shirt is bigger than the name on the back and I think we will be okay I I, I guess when you look at it objectively you think well if his morale, if his attitude's looking good his morale's fine he's, he's clearly good enough to be in one of the world leading teams in Europe you might as well use your best assets as you should with Meza Erzl. but you know it get I still have that debate where how can the players look at him and respect him on the pitch when they know he, he, he's he's not loyal to the club that's just, well, that's the probably way it is it's i don't probably care if the, because you know, i
0: know he's going to go and play for a far better club than he's playing at at the moment
1: well that is that is very subjective maybe not i, I mean mo- listen living in london working under i was going to say you and i Emery. okay okay i need you working under a club that has had such successful players and coaches and infrastructure before compared to Juventus, who I have to say have a topsy-turvy history um, and questionable history. Um, The only draw for me, if Cristiano Ronaldo was not a Juventus, I don't think they would be half the team in terms of reputation. Um, You know, I would have had more respect for him if he went to a Barca or Madrid or even a PSG, something exciting. For me, it's a bit of a cop-out. Um, but you know what? Good for him. I would have given him to Spurs. I don't rate him um, that much. I never really have. He's He's gone in and out. One season, he was my favourite player at Arsenal. Um, but for me, I still have that bitter taste in my mouth. But it could change. Listen, next week, he scores a hat-trick. Leap rock Spurs. he be my best friend in the world.
0: One other thing I wanted to ask you about is... Um... So this past week on Twitter, it's been Arsenal fans with their their screenshots. It's been like CSI Wembley, the way they were trying to discredit Kane's goal and say, oh, Aubameyang's penalty should have been retaken. How did you feel about a uh, second time in a week, an Arsenal striker falling to the ground at the first hint of contact and diving, essentially, I would say, for the penalty? Um, and I'm guessing you think Aubameyang's
1: successful penalty this time,
0: <laughs> I'm guessing you think that should have been retaken as well because of encroaching?
1: Well, first of all, I have to say, as an Arsenal supporter through and through, I did not see the incident. Um, however, and true, um, you know, there was there was a little bit of contact. You know, these guys are running really quickly, and 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 things happen. You know, I think uh, I think you'll have to ask Alexandra if you have a question about the penalty. <laughs> I um, to,
0: uh, it reminded me a lot of the, the PSG Man United game, funnily enough, except this time, instead of being the beneficiaries of a, a goalkeeping mistake and a dodgy penalty, this time the goalkeeping mistake and dodgy penalty went against United.
1: It's an interesting point. I I, I, t- I acknowledge your point. Uh, the penalty, very weak, but it went in. You know, I think it's, it shows a real real strength to go after to go and score that penalty because I thought they were going to take it away from him. Um, I can't say I wasn't nervous, but wow, you know, to uh, I just wish we'd, he'd scored the other one as well. But I, I'll take that, you know. Well, Bye. if he'd
0: done, you'd have been ahead of us in the league already. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's just a matter of time, my friend. It's just a matter of time, and uh, let those good times roll on.
0: <laughs> it's going to be like uh, musical chairs, I think, from now to the end of the season. I think between third and sixth. Us four clubs are going to be changing positions every week and it's just going to be a case of who's in the right point when the season ends.
1: Could be musical chairs, could be pass the parcel, could even be duck-duck-goose until the end, I'd say.
0: Could be. Could be. Could be.